of the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo. I have Action Jackson on the line in action. I think there's just one question that every every fan of Arkansas basketball has to ask today, and that is, how about them Hawks? Yeah, how about them? Uh, <laughs> who, who, that, who that say they're going to beat them Hawks? Well, we're going to find <laughs> out who thinks they can step to the plate now, let me tell you. Woo, what a game. What a game. I mean, that one, one right the there. One of my lifetime. One of the best Absolutely. of my lifetime, bar none. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, you know, I, I think it's even better. Obviously, this is the second year in a row that we've knocked off the number one seed in the tournament, um, but or uh, the number one seed in, in the region that we were assigned to. But uh, this year, it was even better because it was more of a shocker to me this year than it was last year. Last year, coming in as a three seed, felt like Arkansas had a pretty good chance to to beat the number one seed if we ran up against them. And um, and this year, as an eight seed, uh, you know, limping into the tournament, having the poor second halves that we had late in the year, um, I, I really, it really wasn't. I, of course, I hoped that we could beat Kansas, and you know, it was certainly. Uh, I knew we had the talent to beat Kansas, but it was a shock. Let's don't get me wrong. It was, it was a shock, and, yes, sir. and, and a good one <laughs> for sure. And you know, I knew there was something that I loved about the state of Iowa, and now I figured out why. Apparently, that's where the Hogs decide they're going to play their best basketball of the season, and they did it two games in a row. First half was nasty. They they clawed through it, made terrible foul trouble, and man, we can talk about performances, and and I know we're going to, but man, what a performance by those guys in the second half from from the freshman, and of, of course Devontae Davis, uh, probably one of the best performances uh, you could possibly ever see in a Razorback uniform. Yes, and when you mentioned the freshman. You're not talking about the freshman Nick Smith, who was held to zero points, and we'll probably get to that a little bit later. You're talking about the freshman Jordan Walsh, am I right? Absolutely. I mean, he, he's asked he's asked to 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 hold Jalen Wilson for most of the second half, and he pestered him. He, I mean, he made an all-American shoot a jump shot over the backboard, and I mean that's just. I mean, he was frustrated and and. And Jordan Walsh just got a freshman shutting down an All-American uh, first-round draft pick in, in, in Jalen Wilson. And, uh, man, just so many performances. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe Nick Nick figures some things out, you know, because I, I think we're going to need him before the tournament's over. Uh, I agree. But, man, just what, what a team performance. I mean, just uh, the free-throw shooting. I mean, there's all kinds of positives. Uh, I mean – the only negative that I have, Big Mo, is, is we don't need the stripes to decide anything for the Razorbacks. And uh, I was just so frustrated with the way that game was officiated. If I, oh, if I have, a, if I have a, the opposite of a game ball, which I would label as a jock strap, I have that for the <laughs> referees. And this, I have this for the referees in that game because it was just terrible, terrible officiating that, that could have possibly run to what turned out to be a classic. Absolutely, and I want to throw one more name out there. We got to mention Ricky Council, because Ricky Council made ten clutch free throws, ten out of eleven in that game. And without his clutch free, and actually the one free throw that he missed in the game, he actually got it back and got fouled again, and then made the next two. So he actually profited a point by missing that one free throw he missed. It was uh, about as perfect of a performance at the line as you could possibly have. And, and in a one point, your yeah. guy Jordan Walsh slapped that ball to him off the rebound. Absolutely, so, and I mean, absolutely, and uh, yes, and I, I might as well go ahead and go right into it. Uh, I, that's my player of the game is Jordan Walsh. Is you you can uh, the Hogs played an excellent second half. You know they obviously kept it close enough in the first half to be within reach 
in the second half, but the, the two key pet plays in the game for me that made all the difference in that basketball game, and there were a lot of good defensive plays, but number one was Jordan Walsh uh, with you know uh, less than two minutes to go or so, or less than three minutes to go. He, uh, Kansas had the ball underneath the goal, and Jordan Walsh, while the guy was trying to make a move to get to the basket, he knocked it off of the Kansas player's body and out of bounds for an Arkansas turnover. And to me, that was a huge play because not only did it give us the ball back, and then, but it prevented them from scoring, and probably just as importantly, it prevented them from taking time off of the clock that we needed to uh, to get back and uh, to, to get the extra points to prevent getting into a situation where we were trading free throws for Kansas, and uh, we wanted to be on the top side of that. And then the second play is the one you just mentioned when Ricky Council missed that free throw. Jordan Walsh's long arms reaching across into the paint, tipping that ball back to his teammate, and turning what uh, would have been a deficit into a tie ball game, two-point deficit into a tie ball game because Council, of course, got fouled and, and made both free throws after that. And, you know, what presence of mind by Ricky to just go back up with that ball because he could have made that, and, and then you have an M one opportunity. And uh, so not only could you have tied the game with the made layup, but the free throw would have gave us the lead right there. So what presence of mind just, hey, you know, he slapped it to me. I'm going back up with this ball, not taking any chances here, and uh, just you know, and and you know while you, while we're bragging on Jordan Walsh, that that clutch three that he hit when nobody is around him, there's not a soul in sight, and and he doesn't hesitate, and he just absolutely buries that three pointer. And oh yeah, you know when you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better time for that shot. That you know that was really a, a, a you know a, a literal shot in the arm. And yes. it, it really sparked the team, and man, and to see the way the guys rallied around everybody, and when Devo fouls out, you know, after the heck of a second half that Devontae Davis had, he fouls out, and the team didn't lose a beat. They still kept their defensive intensity. They yes. still finished that game off, and of course, Coach Musselman, as he's been known to do when he wins a big game, he <laughs> tends to come out of his shirt, and <laughs> uh, just it just shows his it, it shows his love for for our state and for those for those guys. I mean, he just he, he loves them like they're his own kids, and uh, I think it's the the family atmosphere that's that's there between those guys that just get us to that tournament, coach. We just want to qualify. Just we make the tournament, and then we show out. We'll we'll do what you ask us to do. We just need to get in the big dance. You know, we put our slippers on, we go to work. Yes. That's what they're doing. And uh, I mean, I feel I feel sorry for UConn. I know we're going to talk about it, but I feel for them because I think that uh, they're, they're coming into something in Vegas that could get out of hand for them. Yes. Well, I, I will say that UConn is probably going to be prepared, and and UConn is a very good team. But good. focusing back on the Kansas game, I almost feel like it was a, almost a little bit unfair to Kansas because there was, a, I hate to say it, but there was nothing that, that could have prepared Kansas for the type of uh, uh, just ferocious, um, focused, absolute, absolutely desperate uh, a Razorback Hawks that, that, took that, that took that basketball court. I mean, they were the embodiment of, in basketball, of of a of a wild hog, cornered, with nowhere to go, absolutely, and 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 that's how they fought. That's how they fought. They won. That's one of the the basketball games you write down to. Uh, one team just wanted it more, and that team was the Arkansas Razorbacks. And you know the the second half of that of of you know about the last ten minutes of the game, it came down to coaching. And you know, uh, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers with Bill Self. Uh, hope, hope that you know one of the greatest coaches of our day. I hope he gets better soon. Uh, I feel Absolutely. for him. But the second half, his 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 replacement got out coached because Coach Musselman is seven. He's seven defense for offense. He's seven offense for defense. He's keeping his players that are in foul trouble on the floor when he needs them. 
And, I mean, it was just masterfully coached by Coach Musselman. I mean, yes, the players have to go out there and execute, but the coaches' subs just in and out, in and out, in and out. It, it reminded me of the Nolan days when, when Nolan, Coach Richardson's going to say, you know what, all right, you, you guys out, you guys in, boom, boom, boom. And it was just, it was way too much for Kansas those last few minutes. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think Kansas was not prepared for that type of intensity just generally coming to the game, but also in the game itself. There, there was a different Razorback team that came out in the second half than what was on the court in the first half. And it reminded me, yeah, I actually happened to be in Hot Springs uh, during the game, watched the game at, at, a, at a bar there with a whole bunch of other Razorback fans. But uh, I went to Oakland actually before the game started and uh, watched a little a few of the horse races. And th- this game reminds me of one of those horse races. A lot of times, for those of you who have been to Oakland and keep up with horse racing, a lot of times the, the best strategy is to hang back further a little further back behind save your energy and then when you get to the home stretch turn on the the speed and 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 really you know turn on the afterburners and blow by the competition uh, you know when they least expect it and when they're already tired that's kind of how the Razorbacks did it we we lulled Kansas into a complete sense of false sense of security with an eight-point lead at halftime, a 12-point lead in the second half. You have to remember, Kansas at that point had won seven consecutive NCAA tournament games. They won all six last year. They just won the first one in a cakewalk this year. For all Kansas knew, being up by 12 in the second half, this was going to be number eight, and this was basically a yawner. And, you know, they basically, you know, need to be saving their energy and, and their, uh, uh, you know, best basketball for whatever lies ahead. And then out of nowhere, here come, I have to have to say his name because we, we need to be talking about him a lot, this, this podcast, Debo Davis. Here comes Debo Davis, the only player on this team who has been to the past Elite Eight, past two Elite Eights. And he said... We're not going home right now if I got anything to say about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and you know, and, and uh, I, I even uh, I, I read something uh, I, I read something that Jacksonville has put up a billboard. Jacksonville, Arkansas is now called Devoville. They changed the name of the city. I mean, it's not even Jacksonville anymore, it's now Devoville. Uh, and, and that's well deserved for this young man because you know, and he showed his emotion after it was over. That game meant the world to him and his teammates. And you know, regardless of what happens from this point forward, uh, it, it was for that game. It was for that time for him for him to step up, for him to be the leader that we needed him to be. And I mean, like I said, I, I'll say it again if I if I must. Uh, one of one of the greatest. Razorback basketball performances that has ever been seen and probably will be seen for some years to come. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree. And it was the way that he did it. I, I have to harken back to one of my, my favorite college basketball players of all time, and I know there's some great Razorback comparisons, but that was very reminiscent of Julius Hodge who led NC State to the Sweet 16 in 2004, the year I was a freshman at, uh, at NC State. Um, and the way he did it was the same way D- Devo did it. It's not, nothing flashy. Very, It's about maneuvering to get high-percentage short-range jump shots and bank shots, lay-ins. And that's what Devo did. If you if you watch the uh, you know re- replay and watch the, the game, he wasn't taking 
you know, fadeaway jumpers going out of bounds or, you know, two steps inside the key or, or heaving up three-pointers. He was getting to a spot inside the paint probably – you know, most of his shots were within 10 feet or even, you know, within maybe six or seven feet from the goal. He was just able to maneuver to that spot, even though he's only six foot four, able to get the shot up through the trees of Kansas and just, right. just pick them apart in a very surgical way that, um, that left him with a high percentage shot. And, and he was obviously on and, and made them. And it was a beautiful thing to see. It was literally, um, it was one of the, the, the most effective attacks. And I don't think Kansas had seen anybody to that point do something like that. So it completely right. took them off guard. It, you know, and I, I think it, I think it, you know, puts, uh, puts everybody on notice that it, it's not just Nick Smith. It's not just Anthony Black. It's not just Ricky Council. Now you have to, you have to, uh, be responsible for Devontae Davis. And my my favorite shot that he hit, I, I don't know if you call it a runner or, or a layup, but he goes to the right side of the goal and he lays it up off the glass with his left hand. Yes, almost I remember that one. To defend. And it, it was like he double-clutched it and put it off the glass with his left hand. And it was just, I mean, it, it, that was the moment when I was like, man, we're fixing to beat Kansas. Uh, if this play continues, we're fixing to we're fixing to take down the giant in our region, and I mean every, everybody in front of us is on notice. I mean, and we can talk about how tough the road could possibly get, and and if you look in front of us, the, the, it doesn't get any easier. I mean, we we have the the odds have been stacked against us since the beginning of the tournament, and uh, but now we're beginning to knock the dominoes over, and and we could ride that domino effect all the way to Houston. So. Uh, you know, it, it's just a, I mean, a game that we'll be we'll be telling our our grandkids about, and our probably our our grandkids grandkids if you know we're around that long. It, it's just it's one of those performances that's uh, it's in the history books of uh, of Razorback lore. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Not only was it a number one seed, but it's Kansas. It's the defending national champion. It's one of the blue bloods of the Blue Bloods of college basketball. And we were the team that knocked them off in 2023. We, you know. and, and probably really helped Vegas out, and now we get to go to Vegas and play. And because they, you know, Vegas had them as, you know, odds-on favorite to be the first repeat champions in Florida. Is uh, that true? Yeah. Uh, they they were now, the first. Uh, they were they were very they were very high odds to win the tournament, and that would have made them a repeat. And that's something since Florida has, uh, since Florida nobody's done. Yeah. Oh yes, it's it's been a long time. That's that's for and, sure. And we 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 broke all of that. So yes. Uh, and and I, I told you, and I, it, it's it's on the recording. It's in the air that the parody in college basketball. Uh, I, I told you this was coming. There. You know, any and and I know that some of them are a long shot. I mean, probably outside of Princeton, but anybody that's left in this tournament field can win the thing. I, I, I really, I really believe that. I believe any of the sixteen on the right day at the right time, when all the stars align, can win this tournament. Even Florida Atlantic. But anybody. I mean, look what's happened to this tournament already. I mean. Uh, you know, you have somebody named, I don't even know if I want to say it on the air because it might not come out right, Fairleigh Dickinson knocking off Purdue. I mean, you know, so anything's possible. Uh, and yeah. so, I, I mean, I'm not going to pick FAU. I, I've already told you my craziness bracket. I picked Arkansas to play Michigan State in a title game. So that's still possible. <laughs> that, that is and, definitely still possible. We've got Michigan State in the Sweet 16 uh, now lined up uh, to face. Um, trying to trying to think who who they're facing. Michigan State is facing. Oh, the Kansas State. Kansas State. Kansas State. One of my one of my favorite teams uh, yeah. from uh, from the beginning of the bracket. I also want to mention. Before we leave the, the Arkansas Kansas ups, uh, upset, you mentioned uh, for the broadcast you had a stat uh, about Kansas leading at the in the second half, and I, I don't want to 
I mean, we got to overemphasize. I mean, <laughs> you can't overemphasize how incredible the play was in the second half compared to what Arkansas has been doing this season. It was it was a shocker. But what, what was the stat about the the second half that you gave me? Um, I, you know, if if I if I recall it correctly, uh, this season, uh, when leading by eight or more at halftime, Kansas was undefeated. Wow. That game. Wow. So, you know, just just put that in perspective, you know, for your listeners out there. And by all means, if that's an incorrect stat, somebody please correct us. I, I will stand corrected. But I, I know it was undefeated, and it, it might have even been something like forty-seven and zero. You know, they they their oh. last forty-seven times that they've been uh, up by eight at halftime, they won the game. So. We really did something that, that nobody's seen coming at halftime. And to think that Arkansas, which I will, bet, uh, you know, wager is probably one of the worst second-half teams this season statistically based on when you compare it to their first-half performance. Probably That's in the country. Horrible. We have to be in the bottom at least 10% in the Absolutely. country of all teams. To think that we would be the ones to overcome that um, – to overcome that that streak for Kansas for a win in all all season, wow. we've been the one blowing leads at halftime. Eight point lead at halftime, blew it. Uh, I think uh, against A and M, we were up, we were up ten at halftime, blew that lead. Uh, it was multiple games this year. We were up at halftime, you know, with the game pretty much in hand, and it was like the team forgot how to play basketball the second half and. So, you know, if this is some kind of historic season, Big Mo, we're going to look back and we're going to be like that. Whatever Coach Musselman said in the <laughs> halftime locker room changed the season. Because yeah. now they figured out that they can play in the second half. Yeah, yes, we did. And that's what we needed to figure out. That's the confidence that we need to take into this game against Connecticut. And that's really the only thing that gives me uh, a reasonable hope that we can beat Connecticut because I do think Connecticut is one of the better teams in the tournament. I think they're underseeded at number four. They were ranked number one in the country earlier on this season, and uh, they're probably closer to the number one team in the country than they are to a four seed. To be honest with you, they're 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 a very very good team. Uh, it's, it's not going to be a it's not going to be an easy. It's not going to be an easy game by any stretch. I know I said earlier that it could get out of hand for them, but I, I just really, I really think that we're looking at something special with these Razorbacks right now. And I want, I want to throw out another stat on the season, and might not mean anything, but Arkansas this season has only lost one game when they had at least four days to prepare, four days of rest. They've only lost one game, including the Kansas game. They've only lost one game, uh, you know, uh, I mean, including okay. the Illinois game, including the Illinois game in the first round. When they've had four days of rest or, or preparation, we've only lost one time. And so nobody has to go back and look at it. It was between the end of non-conference play and when we played LSU. That's the only loss on the season when we had four days of rest. And okay. so – and that was, to me, under completely different circumstances because yeah, at that point we were the, I believe, number 10 or 11 team in the country. We right. felt like, you know, we didn't have anything to prove. We were probably going to, you know, obviously we had a tough game against LSU, who we thought at the time had no idea they were going to finish last in the conference and thought they were going to be a, a stout rival to us. But – uh, you know, we, we, we were definitely favored to win that game, and we didn't we didn't have any type of chip on our shoulder. Uh, right. Wow, Cupton, I mean, the NCAA tournament and now the Sweet 16, completely different circumstances. Absolutely, and, you know, and, and not to go back too far, but the uh, the second half in the Illinois game wasn't perfect, uh, which, so which, which really heightened my doubts that we were going to be able to mount any kind of comeback against Kansas. Yeah. Because, I, you yeah. know, uh, Against Illinois, we're up 17 in the second half, and they make it a five-point game, uh, you know, just a two-possession game towards yeah. the end, and, and, and we have to make free throws to push that out to 10 at the end. So, 
Uh, it's just, I mean, what a, what a turnaround. And, and you said the, the key word. You said the key word. Confidence. And this is a scary team to be given confidence because we know they're talented. We know they're athletic. We know that they have future NBA talent on the roster. And now you've given them confidence. Yep. That's scary. That's scary. It is scary. that they have to play. Absolutely. And I will say, uh, coming into this UConn game, I expect that most people in that building, uh, a majority, if not a large majority, are going to be rooting for Arkansas. I don't expect there's going to be a whole lot of Connecticut fans. Uh, the majority of people in that in, that, that attend the uh, Sweet 16 tomorrow in Vegas are most likely going to be UCLA UCLA or Gonzaga fans. I would expect UCLA to by far have the most fans because it's you know four-hour drive from from Los Angeles, and you have a lot of uh, Los Angeles people already living there in Vegas. Uh, I expect there, there to be a lot of Gonzaga fans because, you know, that's out west, and so you're going to have a lot of those. But I don't expect there to be too many UConn fans because the UCLA and Gonzaga fans are going to be wanting Arkansas to win because they think we're an easier out than UConn. Yeah, they're probably right about that. And meanwhile, there's probably not a whole lot of people making the trip from Storrs, Connecticut to Las Vegas uh, on a Thursday, even – you know, only the most diehard fans uh, are probably going to show up for that one. They're most likely, you know, hoping that their team oh, continues continues on to the Final Four and, and maybe they'll jump on in. But with the game being in Vegas, Big Mo, Vegas loves the underdog. So, they're, I mean, the, whoever's in the house is just a casual sports fan. Oh, yeah. Already wants to place their wager on the underdog. I mean, we could – we could have the whole stadium calling the hogs before the yeah. game's over. And, and well, and not to mention, I expect there to be some hog fans there. Oh, There's, please. you know, oh, I actually no. check check the plane oh, tickets no. from from here to Vegas on, on tomorrow, and uh, as of as of Saturday, they were pretty much sold out. <laughs> there was a lot of, it was pretty much booked up for uh, for from now until. Uh, until Saturday, getting getting a plane ticket to Vegas, so we will have, uh, I think, a substantial amount of hog fans in the building, and so to me, you know, that's that's a um, that's a recipe for for getting something done. Connecticut, obviously, uh, you know, they don't have a, a huge track record. They had a, a kind of a down year last year, and Arkansas's got it feels to me like more experience with. Um, you know, at least having Devo Davis and and Coach Muss on the team, more oh, recent yeah. experience with getting it done. So absolutely, those absolutely. things weigh in our favor. With Coach for sure. I mean, uh, you know, and I think I think Coach, and, and you know, Coach makes a difference in this tournament. And I think Coach wants to silence some some of his own critics because he's been to the Elite Eight. He knows what it's like, and he wants that trip to that Final Four. To, to you know, just you know, <laughs> himself to just push himself a little further up that list of of uh, you know outstanding you know basketball coaches you know you know especially in college and and uh, and I I think this team wants it for coach too. Let me just say, I will be for the record, I will be thrilled with a third consecutive Elite Eight, and if that's where it ends, I'm still going to be tickled pink. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled right now. I, I'm, I'm yeah, mean, me too. It, it, could, it could end tomorrow night, and they're going to get a standing ovation from Action Jackson because, uh, you know, a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, I think we can both say it, they were dead in the water. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, we might not have said it out loud uh, but because we're fans, but they were dead in the water. I mean, uh, and, and now, I mean, you could make a trip to Houston – Play in the final four. Uh, the same Gonzaga they were last year. Uh, we we already know the recipe. I feel like to beat them now. UCLA uh, out yes. of those two teams, I'm hoping that Gonzaga pulls it out. So Drew Timmy can be like, well, I want my revenge on Arkansas, and we, you know, mop the floor with his little mustache again. It'll be fine. <laughs> I know, will say Arkansas. I don't want I to have say UCLA. If we're I have about the worst team in the tournament. That could still win. Yep. We're we're probably 
there's not many teams that are worse. I mean, we're, we're about as low as you can go, but still have a legitimate chance of actually not just making it to the Final Four, but winning the tournament. And Absolutely. Arkansas, the team we have, it reminds me of the teams we've seen in the past from LSU and from, I hate to say the word, but North Carolina. These are teams that a lot of times don't make it to the tournament as a seven or an eight or even a nine seed, but they will be stocked full of just raw physical talent. And they'll just out-athlete people all the way to the Final Four. I've seen it happen in the past. That's the kind of team Arkansas has. We have those athletes that when there's real pressure and the intensity gets as as highest point, they, they perform. They perform at their highest level, and that's what we saw against Kansas. But um, I want to turn now to uh, some of our predictions from last week, uh, because we have we have some uh, stock to take uh, based on. I think we should put a disclaimer done. out. I think we should put a disclaimer out before you do this. Before you go. <laughs> some of this is not going to be pretty uh, for me, me or or you to relive, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, take, take us down memory lane. Okay, so my first one here, um, my first one, we're going to go to, uh, I have to go to NC State and relive my prediction for what NC State might do here in the tournament. Let me, okay, we're going to play this one back. Clemson, let me tell you, if they just have a problem with Clemson, NC State could make a huge run in this tournament. All right. <laughs> that was that was my that was my prediction was that NC State could make a huge run in the tournament. Well, I hate hate to burst everyone's bubble, but uh, that did not Let's happen. Keep our laughter to a minimum. Let's keep our laughter to a minimum because <laughs> I've got some crow to eat too. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean NC State. Now here's the amazing thing, is that I also had. I also had this prediction here about a particular player on NC State's team uh, that I thought might do well. It's red, but it's a, uh, just slightly lighter shade of red, and that's Traquavia Smith from NC State. Uh, I mean, I, as you know, I was thinking that NC State was going to perform. So I, I, I threw out Traquavia Smith uh, last week in response to the question of, uh, might be a player of the tournament. Well, I'm happy to report he scored 30 points in the opening round, which was yeah. one of the highest scores of, of the opening round of the tournament. Unfortunately, NC State did not play as a unit, and I have to, and, and obviously uh, lost the game. They got bounced by Creighton, who, to give them credit, is still in the tournament. Creighton's still there, and Creighton is another team that could potentially make a run to the Final Four as well. So, NC State didn't go up against a a Patsy, but I still feel they should have won that game, especially getting 30 points from Traquavia Smith. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, what a a call. I mean, in my my grade book, I give you a B, uh, (laughs) just simply because, you know, NC State didn't, didn't live up to the way that uh, Mr. Smith performed, uh, but definitely, definitely a B grade on that uh, outstanding uh, prediction work there. All right, now we're also going to um, we're also going to want to roll it back to uh, a team that uh, I predicted to go somewhat far in the tournament, and uh, you actually questioned. Uh, whether they would, and that's that's the Virginia Cavaliers. So let's uh, let's roll it roll it over here to Virginia and see what we had to say about them. Pulling out in this in the south bracket is actually the Virginia Cavaliers because I'm a strong believer that when it comes to these tough games, defense a lot of time wins the game, and Virginia plays defense. They are the number one team in the ACC. Uh, you know, they, they stumbled in the tournament, but you'll see, I mean, the ACC tournament. But a lot of times you'll see these teams that make the Final Four, they didn't win their tournament. 
they come into the tournament feeling like they have something to prove. And Virginia's in that uh, category for sure. Either- so that that's another one that, uh, again, the thought was good. Well, uh, you know, and, and I still feel like Virginia was a very good team, but you you actually raised a very good question during the broadcast, and I'll play that back for everyone too. So no, no Virginia slipped up in the in the first round of this this conference. They certainly could. <laughs> they certainly could slip up. I mean, they are four seed. They're playing Furman though, and they should be able to handle Furman. Okay. Well. Newsflash, they did not handle Furman. No, they did not. They, and, and, you know, they, they really got handled, uh, in, in my opinion. Uh, Furman, you know, Furman really handled them, handled them down, down the stretch of that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, we, we did have some, uh, some predictions that went a little bit awry there with NC State and Virginia. But let's look at some predictions that uh, that we got right. Um, I want to, want to roll the tape to our, our discussion about Purdue. St. Pete. So I'm thinking whoever advances between Memphis or Florida Atlantic, uh, they're going to give Purdue a scare because for whatever reason, maybe it's the style of basketball they play, maybe it's just the, the personality of some of the guys on the team, that they've been known to freeze up under pressure. And freeze up they did. We had the... Oh, <laughs> He had the second 16 seed upset of a number one. In fact, they never even got to Memphis or Florida Atlantic because they got knocked off by Farley Dickinson. You heard that right. Farley Dickinson. Brownie points and extra credit for anyone who can tell me off the top of their head what state Farley Dickinson is from. Uh, but they, they did pull off the upset. I mean, it, it sounds more like somebody that would write novels, uh, like you know Charles Dickens or something. You know, so uh, <laughs> I have no idea. It's it's actually uh, sport, uh well, I'll give it away. It's actually New Jersey, New Jersey, wow. where uh, Farley Dickinson from is from. Which, by the way, we had another team from New Jersey make a few waves. And uh, I believe that was on the side of the bracket that you actually saw some weakness, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I I did. I, I was oh man, I was just thinking we got roasted here. I don't I don't remember making any good picks now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's, it just seems like we've done so terrible. Um, you know, uh, from from Jersey. I picked somebody from Jersey. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about Princeton uh, uh, upsetting Arizona. Now, I, oh, I, I, I may be wrong. Maybe were you a believer in Arizona? Because I, I was. Uh, it was it was ugly because uh, I, I, I ended up picking three brackets, and in every bracket I had Arizona in the final four. And oh wow! One of those I had them playing Purdue uh, in the final four, so you can imagine what that bracket looked like. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I had Arizona going uh, going deep in this tournament, and it just it did not happen for the Wildcats. Uh, but but give it up for the, the smart guys from Princeton. I mean, they have uh, they, they have really really shocked the world. Uh, well, fifteen sure. and a sixteen C from New Jersey pulled off two massive upsets and sent massive. Uh, two of the biggest teams, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 champion packing and that was pretty much the the along with Furman that was pretty much the gist of the madness other than that there was a lot of chalk uh, in the brackets obviously we had some 11 seeds come through and uh, one of those uh, 11 seeds is um, I'm sorry I, I think Michigan State was a was the was the seven seed uh which, which one of these 11? I know there was 11 seed that made some waves. And I want to say uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, well, 
I'm thinking that uh, we may oh. we may have to roll some tape on this one too, Jackson. <laughs>
uh, wasn't long ago that Marquise Noel was playing in Little Rock here, and that's that's kind of what launched him into the position he's at. So we definitely have some some good Arkansas connections going on in Kansas State too, which is just one more reason to root for him, other than the fact that Big Mo has has rode with him from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, you you, you <laughs> rode with him, uh, and you know, and obviously we could do what everybody else has done. We could pick a switch. Sweet 16 forward bracket and change a bunch of things around, but I'm I'm choosing to uh, to stick with my uh, with my bracket that looks the best right now with with, with Arkansas playing Michigan State in the title game. I, I'm all right. I'm not gonna back away from it now. I'm I'm uh, I've got Arkansas and, and Xavier in the final four on on one side, and obviously I had a uh, Michigan State uh, playing Arizona on the other side, so. Three of the four still intact in going into Sweet 16 weekend. Uh, I'm I'm going to stick with it. All right. That sounds good. I, I, I've never been one to repick a Sweet 16. I do say I think that upsets get harder from here because yes, they do. To, for me, they do the, the, the first round, two rounds of the tournament is kind of like a choke check call it a choke check if, if you're a team that chokes you're going to get your choking over with in those first two rounds if you're not a team that chokes then you, you've already made it past the first two rounds you're not going to choke your way out of it somebody's going to have to probably beat you in the in the following four rounds to knock you out and once you eliminate the teams that choke from the teams that don't it gets a lot harder to beat those teams that are good and don't freeze up under pressure like <clears throat> Uh, Purdue <laughs> Boilermakers, um, but uh, you know, so it, it definitely is more difficult, which is why the Hawks, you know, have a big challenge ahead of them. And you know, and obviously, you know, that's that's my Homer Arkansas wins it all bracket, uh, which I mean, like I said, it, it still looks really good. But being being a realist, uh, trying to trying to be a realist at the same time, I've. I would have to say that the, the the favorite to win the tournament right now has to be Alabama. Uh, they were the mm-hmm. overall number one seed coming in. They haven't really been tested, uh, and they might not be tested until you know the final four or the title game. So, uh, I mean, if I had to say who the quote unquote favorite is right now, I would say I would say it's Alabama. Yeah, the the evil, the evil empire. Um... Now remind me, Jackson. Who did they match up with against in the Sweet 16 here? Well, the the, the Sweet 16 matchup is actually a matchup that in that bracket, I had Alabama losing to San Diego State, who was their matched up against. So uh, now, Jackson, if, if if I'm not mistaken, not I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's not out of the round of possibilities because yeah. uh, San Diego State came into the tournament as one of the hottest teams in America, and. Uh, and you know they, you know they took the hogs down to the wire and and into overtime in Maui uh, before Kamani Johnson tipped tipped the ball in to send it to overtime and then you know we beat them in the overtime period. So uh, San Diego State is is no slouch. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to knock Alabama out, but uh, in in the in the Michigan State Arkansas bracket, I had San Diego State beating Alabama. Now, Jackson, now Jackson I, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, we might have some audio of, of you actually calling that San Diego State matchup from our, from our last, last podcast. Let's see what we've got. All right. So I actually have San Diego State in the Elite Eight. So wow. San Diego State is, a, uh, is, is another one to, to keep, keep, your, keep your eye on. And, and that's based on the Maui performance from the beginning of the year when they took Arkansas to the water and we had to beat them in overtime. But at the same time, they've done nothing but get better since. So well, there you go. Well, there you go, there you go, there you go folks. Uh, so, you know, in the future, remember that one. Uh, Action Jackson yep. had San Diego State, especially if they pull off the upset against Alabama. You're going to want to know that you heard it here first with our one and only Action Jackson calling those picks even before they happened. Uh, very nice I'm job, glad, Jackson. On I'm that glad call. that that was dug. I'm glad that that was dug up because you know I was I was feeling kind of bad <laughs> after that. I I was state debacle that I, that I had. 
So, uh, man, it, it, that that just made that made me feel a whole lot better about uh, this this Arkansas playing Michigan State in the title game. Uh, now, now, if that one happens, that one, yeah. <laughs> I hope somebody keeps that one on record because uh, I'm I'm still harping it, and until I hear otherwise. Yeah. Well, hey, it will it will be played over and over on this podcast. <laughs> if there's an Arkansas Michigan State title game, um, yeah, people people will know that you were the one who called that and then doubled down on it before the second weekend. Uh, I mean, I could have, I could have, I could have lied before. Hey, let's change our picks while we have a chance. I'm, I'm sticking with my guns, and and I think that uh, this this weekend is going to probably determine from our region who who hosts that who hoists that national championship trophy. Because out of these, you know, this potential matchup with UCLA or Gonzaga, I think out of these four teams, you could be looking at a national championship contender. Uh, to possibly knock off Alabama because I'm I'm sure Alabama's the favorite to, to be there on the other side. So I, uh, I agree, but, but but I'm not backing off of Michigan State because Michigan State has the Tom Izzo factor, and I wish that people had done their research because he went to his uh, I I can't I can't remember, but he's he's been to a majority of NCAA tournaments he's been to have have went to the, at least the Sweet Sixteen. So he, he's not he's not a uh, stranger to playing the Sweet 16 and advancing on after that. So uh, just keep that in mind, all you Kansas State fans out there. Uh, you're, you're going against one of the greats on the other side. That's right. Before you pick against Michigan State, it would be good to go to that Google search engine and just type in the name Tom Izzo and take a look at what you're picking against. Because uh, Hall of Famer for sure. I mean, definite. I mean, no doubt, Hall of Famer. Uh, Absolutely, because I, I I'll say I'll I'll, I'll own up in all, in the, all the brackets that I picked, I had USC beating Michigan State, every single one of them. So I was, on you. Uh, yeah, on you. yeah, and well, I mean, I paid the price for it. you know, got got a little uh, red red X mark uh, every time on those, because you look at it on paper, and yeah, it looks like USC has the better team, but you know, you look at the sidelines, it's a different story. So, absolutely. But I, I totally agree with you. I think that the national champion is coming out of the West. You have four, not just three, no Arkansas in there. you got four teams absolutely. that can be very dangerous when they're on a heater. And they have the talent to win. Don't forget that Arkansas was ranked in the top ten to start the year, and they were ranked there for a reason. Because absolutely. we have players who have talent, and guess what? I think I think you've said it earlier in this podcast. We're playing the best basketball. This team, these players on our team, are playing the best basketball that they probably ever played in their lives, because the the young eighteen, nineteen year old, yeah, yeah. And I think we're gonna ride. Uh, you know, if I would be if we talked about March Madness and we didn't talk about Big Mo, meaning momentum. Uh, that's one wave that they're riding. But I, I reiterate what I said earlier, the, the confidence level of these guys, and you're going to see it tonight. I, I think you could see the, the Arkansas Razorbacks come out and really look like an all-star team and, and put UConn on notice off the bat that, hey, you're the four and we're the eight. But uh, throw the numbers out because you're going against the Arkansas Razorbacks tonight. You're going against the state of Arkansas. You're, you're, you're not – this is not home – court advantage for you, UConn. We're in Vegas. Uh, we're the underdog. Vegas loves the underdog. And uh, and I just think that we're going to come out early. We're going to set the tone. We're going to play at our pace. And you're going to see where that confidence level is for these players. And, and I think it's extremely high right now. Yeah. That all happens tonight, folks. We're, we'll be uh, getting this podcast on the air as you can see, probably about five or six hours before game time, and we may circle back for a second podcast tonight if there's a Razorback victory. Now, if there's not, then we're most likely going to bounce it to next week. But if there's a Razorback victory, we're going to try to give you one more podcast uh, after the game because I have a feeling that me and Action Jackson are going to be somewhat amped and wanting to talk about what we just saw in case the Razorbacks are still in it. And then hopes that one of us has a voice 
so we can even have anything worth recording because uh, <laughs> that's right. Because I, I, as I've already stated, uh, I, I think that this UConn team is the toughest test that we have left on our road to the Final Four. Uh, UCLA, you basically got to stop one player. We're not going to look ahead, but you basically got to stop one player on either one of those teams. You shut your Timmy down, yeah. you beat Gonzaga. If you shut Yaquez down, you beat UCLA. So, yeah. and we have we have shut down defense for one player. Now UConn scares me. They have an outstanding three point shooter, and then they have the big man. And I can't even pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to butcher the young man's last <laughs> I name. I can't either. <laughs> He's an inside force to be reckoned with, and that's one place where Arkansas has struggled this year. Is is a dominant big man. So I'm, I would be I would be very naive and, and lying to the fans if I didn't say that UConn doesn't bother me. But at the same time, the, the confidence level I go back to it, and I'm working yes. on it right now. But the confidence level that is in those Razorbacks, and I don't think it'll be overconfidence, Big Mo, because we have a coach that's going to let them know, hey. You beat Kansas, that's in the rear view. We've celebrated it. UConn's next. If you guys yeah. want to win a national championship, we got to beat UConn. So, yes. I mean, you know, that's pretty simple. But uh, Eric Musselman Eric is a simple guy. And he, he's not going to he's not gonna make it flashy. It's not going to be – I mean, he, you know, he's going to be flashy in his celebration. I mean, just get ready. A win tonight, the shirt's coming off again, folks. It's not going to be. That's not a one-trick <laughs> pony for When he wins a big game, the shirt's coming off. So, ah. uh, you know, I, I believe I we got to mix it up. Again. <laughs> I don't know. But we, to, we, we definitely wanted to keep his pants on. So, I mean. Yeah, sure. yeah. Let's, let's, let's not get any more. Because that last one was a one seed. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get any more excited than, than what we did the last game. But I will say, I think UConn is on the same level just about approaching the same level as what we faced two years ago against Baylor when we went up against them in the uh, Elite Eight. They are on that type of uh, mission to the Final Four that Baylor was when they won the national championship that year. And uh, we're going to have to bring that type of effort. Don't forget, we took Baylor to the wire in that game. Don't forget. And uh, the only difference between those two teams, Big Mo, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think this Arkansas team, top to bottom, is more talented than the team that Baylor beat. I agree. Top to I bottom. agree. I mean, less experience, but more talented. Good, good Arkansas team, and if JD Note doesn't foul out of that game, we beat Baylor and we went to the Final Four. I'm, I'm sticking with that. If, if Note didn't foul out of that game, we would have beat Baylor that night. But yep. we, we lost our best scorer. We lost our best opportunity. And I think we've seen with this Arkansas team that UConn has no way to prepare for because they don't know who's going to step up. What if Nick Smith goes out tonight and goes off for 30? What's okay. UConn going to do then? I, I, I don't, so, I don't I mean, see that. I don't see that. I don't that. see it happening, but if he goes out there and goes, you know, five or six from the three-point line and hits seven or eight, you know, seven or eight free throws, I mean, you're, you're looking at a 20-point performance from a guy that didn't score in the game before. So, uh, you know, they, they, UConn's got their hands more full than Arkansas does. That's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to get at because you don't know where it's coming from with Arkansas. That's true. That's definitely true. You don't know who's going to step up on a given night with Arkansas, and that's 100% true. I, I do think that the refs, unfortunately, are going to play a big role in the games because, frankly, I think we had – I mean, as you know, we had some very bad refing against Kansas, still got it done. I'm thinking that with uh, if the refs let them play and let the Arkansas defenders frustrate UConn, I think that really goes to our advantage because Arkansas has realized, Musselman has realized, that our strength has come, and, and heard it, I've heard it being talked about on the sports channels, uh, that interior paint defense has become a point of emphasis when the ball comes into the paint there's hands all over that ball there's bodies up against you you don't have room to operate and they're making you uh, they're making the players on the opposing team take low percentage shots and not get points in the paint that, that's got to happen again tonight. But for that to happen, the official has to keep the has to bite bite the whistle and, and not and not blow it. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh, 
you know, I, I would hate to wish a technical on Coach Musselman, but this might be the game that he gets one if the officiating gets out of hand. If nothing else, just not. his team up and say, hey, guys, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not just going to stand over here and be quiet while these guys try to railroad y'all out of this out of this shot at the Elite Eight. And uh, I hope he doesn't get a tech, too. But, you know, he, he hasn't got one this tournament, and that's really uh, uncharacteristic of Coach Muss. So, yeah. uh, just – Absolutely. Well, well I think we got to – Wrap, it, Wrap up it up for this, for this session. session. And uh, like I said, go Hogs tonight. And we will try to catch everyone on the flip side in the Arkansas, Arkansas victory. victory. Uh, if uh, not, we're probably going to be discussing what went wrong or what we could have done better next week on the podcast. We're not ready to talk about baseball. So let's go get them tonight and and move on with this tournament. Amen. Amen.